Show. Kayflu Drippin'. Kayflu Drippin'. Kayflu Drippin'. That was on my wrist tape, Drippin'. Eyes. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. How good was your weekend? Mama's I better than the players in the Rays Mariners games who ran into each other by hitting their nuts off of each other's nuts. Did you hear that audio? Did you see the video? We don't have video powers here on the Crowley Show. Apparently we don't have audio powers either. That's okay. Two players were going for a foul ball, and they hit their junk off of one another. He pops it up. That ball might stay playable. Gomez on the run. Gets there, Gomez. And Bowers tangled up. Both hit the deck. Gomez hangs on. on the yeah, deck's not the word I would have used. On the All you need to do is replace one letter. On the They're Johnson's hit. On the Was your weekend better than theirs? I think so. You found the Crowley Show where your mom listens, and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Or you can join the cast of dozens and follow us on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. Pittsburgh. I love you. I love most of the people. Love the whole area. Usually, you're nice people. Usually, you're not petty jackasses. But you've been very petty since the Washington Capitals have won the Stanley Cup. And let me repeat that one more time. The Washington Capitals won the Stanley Cup. Our friend Isabel Kershudian from the Washington Post tweeted this out over the weekend. Quote, I think it's so cool that the Caps shared their celebration with everyone rather than do something private. They literally carried the cup through the streets. They know the fan base has waited just as long as they have. End quote. Colin Dunlap then replied with, This has never happened before. Groundbreaking. And David Todd tweeted, Ha 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 ha. Yeah, awesome. They didn't just do it in the locker room. What a novel idea. Teams of all sports have been doing this since the beginning of time. But good on the Caps for literally carrying the cup through the streets. You have TVs in D.C.? End quote. They weren't alone. Because of their tweets, Pittsburgh fans thought that they would chime in and chastise Isabel for tweeting her opinion about the Cavs' celebration. You know how that sounds to me? Petty. They won. They can celebrate however they like, and it's going to be spiced up for the local audience. How many people waxed their carrot last year when Justin Schultz was slamming down beers at the parade? How many people still talk about Olimata passing out and getting sunburnt at his apartment complex? How many people go from 6 to midnight when they think about Borky talking about taking it down to the river and partying all summer long? The reaction in Pittsburgh was the same as it was in D.C., whether it's the media, whether it's the fans. The Penguins did it the right way. The Penguins celebrated the way that you would want your team to celebrate. Oh, look at him pounding beers. Look at him pounding beers. Look at Olimata, that pasty old white boy falling asleep on his deck. The Penguins did it right in your mind. But now when Washington's doing the same thing and maybe even ratching it up a level, you can't allow the Washington media to point out how freaking cool it is. Screw you. Everyone thinks their party's the best. Penguins fans act all high and mighty because they've won it five times and Capitals have only won it once, but Penguins fans are the ones who sound like jealous children right now 
Pittsburgh media sounds petty right now. Let the Caps have their moment. Don't sound like children. And then there's this from Canadian broadcaster Damien Cox. He said, quote, Rafael Nadal won his 11th French Open today. No video yet of him drunkenly rolling around in a public fountain because apparently some believe that's how champions should behave, end quote. Wow, 1960 called. They want their opinion back. A lot of Penguins fans are doing that, too. Yo, Ovi's celebrating so much, you gotta act like you've been there before. They haven't. He hasn't. Shut up. It's the greatest moment in their professional lives. They can do with it whatever they damn well please. This idea that Alexander Ovechkin isn't being a good leader, Alexander Ovechkin isn't being professional because he's drinking all about town and swimming in ponds and such, is so ludicrous. Man, that's what the summer of the cup is all about. Remember back when the Penguins won in 2009? It was dubbed the summer of woo because they're running up and down the streets carrying the Stanley Cup, drinking alcohol. It's not just about the team. It is about the city. And I understand that that's what some of those, quote, petty people were trying to point out. But this is the first time it's happened in Washington. It's a little bit closer to them now. They think that they're doing something that hasn't been done before. And to an extent, they're kind of right. Ovechkin's swimming through a damn fountain. Ovechkin sent an Instagram picture out of him, his wife, and the cup. What the hell do you think that they did? Spoiler alert, they banged on the cup. I wonder if the keeper got in there. I wonder if he had to keep his gloves on. I love what Ovechkin's doing. I love what the Capitals are doing. I watched a video of TJ Oshie drinking two Coronas at one time. That's right. He had both bottles down his gullet, chugged them at the same time, and did it in about 12 seconds. That's awesome. That is what this is about. It's supposed to be fun. And Penguins fans, when you think that you're taking them down a peg by commenting, what you're really doing is making yourself seem small. I didn't want to see Washington win the Cup. In fact, I watched the Penguins win the Cup about 19 times this morning on YouTube because I wanted to wash the taste of the of the Capitals winning it out of my mouth. But it doesn't mean that you can't respect what they're doing. It doesn't mean that you can't respect Alex Ovechkin for partying his big, fat Russian body off. And by the way, Ovechkin's kind of chubby. He is. He's skinny fat. You know he's strong as an ox, but there's some flab there. He looks like a bigger meat. Uh, you add four inches to me <clears throat> in height. Uh, basically, Alexander Ovechkin probably can't shoot a hockey puck as hard, but hey, all this telling of people how to have their fun sucks. And it makes you, Pittsburgh media, look small. It makes you, Penguins fans, look butthurt. I had a friend who was tweeting out about how the Capitals got every bounce en route to the Stanley Cup. And yeah, sure, maybe they did, but didn't the Penguins, you know, game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals, overtime, got to get a bounce to win that one, don't you? Didn't they have to get bounces when they beat Washington in game six in overtime in 2016? The Penguins have gotten bounces en route to the last two Stanley Cups. The Capitals have gotten bounces en route to one. I think you can let them have their moment. Again, it does not mean that I'm happy about this. It doesn't mean that I'm rooting for Washington. It doesn't mean that I love it. But you look bad by calling out the celebration. 
And the places that I've seen the celebration called out the most are from Canadian media and Pittsburgh media and fans. Take a breather. Rob Rossi going to be joining us in about 12 minutes here on the Crowley Show. The Capitals' window should have closed last year, right? That's what they say. Justin Williams, Marcus Johansson, Nate Schmidt, others, they were all pulled off the roster. They weren't as strong on paper this year as they have been and didn't have as good of a regular season as we're accustomed to seeing from the Washington Capitals. They won the Cup anyhow. One of the reasons is the depth scoring, and, of course, Kuznetsov took his game to a whole new level, but windows don't close when you've got a goalie as good as Braden Holpe. He was up for the Vezina in two of the last three years. He won it three years ago. He's a great player. When your core ages, then a goalie of that caliber will hold the window open longer than you would have originally thought. Backstrom, not quite the same player he used to be. Ovechkin, last year, not great. This year, he was, but he might show some more inconsistency now as his career moves into the 30s. When your core ages, a goalie can keep the window open. Mark Madden wrote a column for the Trib this weekend about the Penguins planning for the present and ignoring the future, but that's the way to go. Even if the core of this team is getting up in age, and they are, you still have to focus on the now. Crosby, Malkin, Latang, they're all in their 30s. Their high level of play is only going to last for so long, and this year we saw Latang take his step back. But maybe they won't have to be the best players on the team in order for this team to become a championship contender again. If Matt Murray can bounce back from a tough professional and personal year to become the goalie that he was the last two seasons, then all of a sudden the Penguins' window does not close as Crosby and Malkin age. They can win a different way. Washington won differently this year than they did the last couple of years. Washington did a great job at the defensive blue line in these playoffs, setting up the picket fence, and they isolated Holpe at all costs in the defensive zone. The Penguins may not have to resort to that this upcoming year, but it's an option as their core grows older and older. If you're asking your great, skilled offensive players to work within a system and counterattack, I think you're helping out players who might be aging out of their talent. Penguins need Matt Murray to revert back to his potential. And if he does, you don't have to be great everywhere else. Maybe Crosby's a little less than a point-per-game player. Maybe Malkin's a little less than a point-per-game player. Maybe Broussard steps up a little bit and they get contributions from elsewhere. You can do it different ways, and the Penguins might have to, but I think that their window for success in the short and long term hinges a lot on what Matt Murray's able to do. Give Trotanovi and Kuznetsov a bunch of credit, but Braden Holpe rebounding from a bad regular season was a huge reason that this team won the whole damn thing. 412-922-2874. I was listening to National Sports Talk Radio today, and I love this time of the year. Nobody knows what the hell to talk about. NBA's done. Hockey's done. Now all we've got is <gasps> baseball. What are we going to do? So the conversation obviously turns to, where's LeBron going to wind up? And Stephen A. Smith was talking about how there will be new blood in the NBA this year because LeBron's going to go somewhere else, and that makes that team an immediate contender, and maybe that team wins the championship, and therefore, new blood. But if LeBron goes anywhere else in the East, and you're assuming that Golden State's going to do Golden State things in the West, then is the new blood really all that new? I don't think so. It will just be the Warriors versus LeBron 
as it's been for the last four years. Warriors versus LeBron. It doesn't so much matter what the team is. It's going to feel the same. That's why I hope LeBron either goes to Golden State. Oh, yeah. Or he helps break up the Warriors by trying to get Kevin Durant opt out of his contract, which he can do after this year, and then go to L.A. or something. Then you stir the whole thing up. If LeBron goes to L.A. with Kevin Durant and all of a sudden Golden State's not as good, all of a sudden Los Angeles becomes the favorite, and those two teams will duke it out in the West along with the Rockets, wow, that all of a sudden becomes all the more interesting. And in the East, who the bleep's coming out of that? Philadelphia, Boston, one of those two. But at least it'll be Philadelphia or Boston. And maybe it'll be the Lakers versus the Celtics. That's new blood. But if LeBron stays in the East and Durant stays with Golden State, the blood doesn't change. Nothing feels different. It's just Golden State, LeBron, again. I've been pissed off lately. Angry, upset, irritated. I think it's because I'm trying to get off of nicotine. But it might just be because I'm a terrible person. But we've decided that on this show, and maybe moving forward, we'll see how it goes. We are going to be pissed off about things for 30 seconds and no longer. It's going to be cathartic. And if we go over the 30 seconds, we'll hear a buzzer or whatever sound Tom deems it. I'm going to say what I'm pissed off about. Brian's going to say what he's pissed off about. Tom's going to say what he's pissed off about. And I think we're going to make our little group better people. And by extension, we might make the world a better place. So I'm ready to go. I'm ready to rock. Brian, of course, La Martina sitting across from me. Shirtless Tom behind the glass. 30 seconds on the clock. I'm ready to get pissed. I hate people who swing their car out really wide to make a turn. There's this place, couple streets that meet up. They intersect on my way to work. You can make a right in the right-hand lane. You can go straight in the left-hand lane. But every day on my way to work, I almost lose my life because jackasses are swinging into the left-hand straight lane to go right when instead physics would dictate they can make the right turn without having to swing it so wide. Wow. You're angry. Your turn. I hate this summit between Kim Jong-un and Trump. And it's not for any political reason. It's for the simple fact nothing is more frustrating than seeing those two bubble heads side by side on my television. I have to stop what I do what I'm doing. I have to just look and stare. It's a horrible sight, but I'm captivated. It's completely uncomfortable. I feel kind of dirty and like amazed at the same time, but those two hairdos should not be allowed on television at once. It's like two furry cantaloupes headbutting each other. It's ridiculous. <laughs> like two pumpkins in wigs. You guys know what I really can't stand? Liquor. I mean, don't get me wrong, I don't hate alcohol, I just hate liquor. Humanity got it right when they invented beer and they invented wine, but they went way overboard when they went with the liquor. It's like putting unleaded gasoline right into your body. The only bad experiences I've ever had with alcohol have come from drinking liquor. And I know what people are going to say, oh Tom, what about rum and cokes? Oh, what about all these great drinks that you can make with liquor? And I'm going to tell you one thing, if it's not a Jaeger bomb, I don't want to hear about it. Wait a 
second, though. Jaeger's liquor. There's a gray area there in my mind. Oh, jeez. Are you talking like Irish car bomb? Because no, that's got nope. some beer in it. Just Jaeger bomb. Just Jaeger straight yep. up? Oh, jeez. Well, with some Red Bull for the Jaeger bomb. Guys, it's kind of cathartic. I feel oh, great. I feel good. Yeah. I feel really great. I feel like I released some demons in that. I feel good. I think both of yours were good. I hate liquor, and my God, those are two ugly men standing right next to each other. They really are. Oh, terrible. I mean, weird. I'm sure Rob Rossi has some stuff to get off of his chest, but let him do that at the end of the next segment, as we'll do it again. And if you've got things that piss you off and you want to call in, you can, 412-922-2874. We'll talk to Rob Rossi about the Pittsburgh media and fan base being petty and more. It's the Crowley Show. John the Rocket! Combo Dad taking a break from binge-watching my favorite shows. I'm currently on season four of that show about the zombies who live in an English manor, or is it the one where the dragons join a biker gang? I can't really keep track anymore. Must need sleep. Luckily, Motel 6 has great rooms for great rates, so you can catch up on your sleep or use Wi-Fi to catch up on your shows. Oh, this is the one where Motel 6 leaves the light on for you. Sorry. Epic spoiler. Uh. Whew, I feel good. Yeah. A lot of weight has been taken off my shoulders. Being a hater's overrated. When you hate something, you gotta let it fly. Yeah. I do hate liquor. It's the worst. I don't know what the hell's wrong with you guys. Everyone's letting me down in my life. What do you mean? I'm well, not. You are not. Okay. Well, but this weekend, my wife left her sunroof open, and all the rain came in. Oh, no. Yeah, and it was Armageddon storm. Oh, and then it's on you because you got to go out. And... Well, it's just it's a team effort. Her parents helped out more than it's I did anything, effort. but it just it changes the entire trajectory of your weekend. It's a Sunday. You think you're going to go to church? You're going to eat some donuts and you're going to sit on your ass the rest of the day? But no, you got to clean the car out. You got to get the shop vac. Oh no, yeah, it's terrible. And then Tom, I mean, the beginning of the last segment, I needed <laughs> audio to start the show. Just audio to start the show. That's all I needed. Audio, audio, audio. Start the show. Two guys' balls hitting each other in the outfield. We planned it out. We did. We talked about it in the show meeting. We had a joke planned out that I didn't even get to use because I didn't get the sound at the right point. And now Rob Rossi isn't here. He's not on the line. He's not answering his phone. He's not answering his phone. So in order of people I'm upset with, it goes Tom, Rossi, Gulf of Mexico, then my wife. It's a big gulf between Rossi and my wife in so terms of anger. your wife being the least, you're the least upset with your wife out of that. Correct. Okay. okay. Yeah. Just wanted to make sure. Because honestly, her parents did most of the work. All I had to do was make breakfast for them. Oh, hey. What are you complaining about? That just changed the trajectory of the day. We're going to go to church at 9. We had to go to church at 1245, which means everything got pushed back, which meant the day felt forever long. And now Tom's not helping at all. Thought you could come into work on a Monday, have everything go smooth. And not at all. And you know what? Tom got all defensive during the break, too. Big time. That was, They got uncomfortable. Like, full disclosure. Let me pull back the curtain. It was uncomfortable in this studio. Like, I was nervous laughing. I'm really bad at any type of confrontation. I just start looking, like, different ways while I disagree with people. Like, I'll look at my computer instead of looking at Tom, but I'm talking to Tom the entire time. And I said, Tom, why'd you bleep up the beginning of the segment? And he, <laughs> and he said, 
What do you mean bleep it up? Uh, this happened. He gives an excuse. No. Yeah, he gives an no. excuse, and then no. he acts like he's above no. reproach. Like, no. oh, I'm no. Tom Offerman. I'm no. Shirtless Tom. No. I can never make any no. damn mistakes. No. No, that is not oh, at what all happened what happened. Then? What happened then? You asked me what went wrong, and I explained to you what went wrong, and then I said, you know what? I'll just wear that, and I'd like to move past it. And then we spent the rest of the break poking and prodding away at it, and oh, Tom, what was that? Blah, 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 blah. And you know what? It really speaks to just how unprofessional you can be sometimes. Oh, no. You know who well, had Tom, the unprofessional at, beginning? I mean, it was you. At, at some point, Tom, you did say something to the effect of, do you have to point it out? Can't you just move on? That's exactly uh, no, which, I, mean, I know when I make a mistake look, because I'm aware. I'm in the middle here, so look, I'm trying to be Switzerland, trying to be. But I mean, are you try harder? But you kind of came unprofessional back at him a little bit. I don't know. I don't he, think it's unprofessional at all for me to ask Tom why the beginning of the segment didn't work. I think that's a question that needed to be asked, no, and Tom needs to, to give an answer. To drag it on throughout the entire break. That's just, that's where I lose respect. Well, that's where Tom. I'm saying, Tom. I think your response may have spurred that on. Just a little bit. So what can like, I do to be better, to, to not upset his snowflake feelings? I then? think maybe like a simple yes, sir, no, sir. How oh, about, so we're calling him sir now? How about no, Tom, what me. happened? How about Tom, what happened, and then you tell me what happened, and then you don't say, oh, I'm above reproach here. I never said the words, You oh, didn't I'm above say reproach. I'm above reproach, but you said, did you have to point it out? I had to ask the question so I knew if the next time we threw the audio, whether you are going to bleep it up or and not. I answered the question. I don't know why we had to keep talking about it. Let's go to Rossi now. Rossi, should we execute Tom? Did the phone not work? (laughs) Rossi, are you there? This is why I ask you if you screwed up, Tom. (laughs) This is why I ask you. So that we don't repeat mistakes. So that we don't screw up time and time again. So, Tom, right there, is he allowed to ask what happened? Tom, what happened there? (laughs) He can't tell me because he's trying to get Rossi back. Now Rossi's calling us. It's so nice that it happened right now. We know how to go forward. Now we can use this as an example of how to move on. So, Tom, what happened there? Uh, Rob's on, so maybe we can ask him. Hmm. Hmm. Again, with the deflection. He just deflected. He did. Mm -hmm. Let's go to Rob Rossi now. Rob, hello. Rob? Seriously. Do we got you? Do we have you now at this point? What the hell happened? Oh, no. Rob? No! He's messing with us. He's not! It's all you! You're screwing up again! We heard Rossi, he didn't hear me. Fix it! Fix it, Tom! If you don't fix it, we'll get Alex up here. We'll get Greg Kuntz up here. Who are other producers we have? We'll get Kellen. Kellen. Maybe KDO could run it. Yeah. Anybody but you today. Just want to ask Rossi a couple of questions about sports. Making it so damn difficult. Let's go to Rossi now again uh, on line two. Uh, Rossi, hello. Oh, this finally worked, maybe. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Wow. So Tom's really bad at his job, right? I was going to say, you guys put your entire audience through that diatribe, and then you lost me twice. Guy can start to take offense. How are you, Adam? Uh, I'd be okay if for the last eight minutes we didn't rip Tom and then lose our guest, which was you. How are you? I'm spectacular. I've just been enjoying the continued inner uh, insanity of the Adam Crowley show. How is the city paper coming? Good. We're putting together our, uh, what is it, the fourth issue of my tenure tonight. Uh, we got a nice story about um, Amazon and what 
uh, it might not be doing to help the region. Uh, so you'll have to read on Wednesday for that, but I think people will be appropriately disgusted uh, by something Amazon's not doing. And uh, got some other cool stuff uh, coming out. So, yeah, pick it up Wednesday. It's free, so you, you really have to put very little effort. You just pick it up and read it. It's not like we're one of these uh, Goliaths asking you to, you know, pay for our content online or pay for, you know, like $2 for our Sunday or, you know, seven or a dollar something for our daily. And, and you never know when you might pick up the city paper and see guest columnists too. Oh, wow. Yeah, a little, little hint there. Rob Rossi joining us here from the city paper. Rob, do you think Penguins fans and Penguins media are handling the Capitals <laughs> winning of the Stanley Cup very well? I don't. I think they all seem incredibly petty. Uh, well, look, uh, you know how I feel about both of those uh, groups. So I think the infighting between the Penguins media since the season ended has been fascinating. I kind of started during the playoffs. I, I think Penguin fans are having a hard time wrapping their head around the fact that the Washington Capitals are the Stanley Cup champions. I will say this, Adam. The first thought I had when Washington won the Cup aside from the fact that Alex Ovechkin might literally be unable to play hockey next year because he's just going to be <laughs> drinking beer and bench-pressing the cup, which seems like an invitation to injury. Um, the first thought I had was, doesn't this in a way call even greater attention to the magnificence that were the Pittsburgh Penguins the last two years? And I say that for this reason. The Washington Capitals had the best record in hockey the two years that the Penguins beat them. The Penguins, the team that knocked them out of their two-time reign was the one that went on to win the Cup. In both cases, the last three years, the team that survived that second-round showdown was forced to a seventh game in an Eastern Conference final and then went to a Stanley Cup final where, for the most part, it had little trouble dismissing an opponent. I mean, the Penguins won their two cup final in six games, Adam, but they were really in control throughout. And the Capitals were in control after game one of this series. The Capitals, like the Penguins, needed that game seven. I think we'll look back 15 years from now, 20 years from now, 25 years from now, and say those were the two best teams for a three-year stretch. Maybe we'll say it for a four-year stretch, depending on where this goes. And really, they just had to get past each other. And after that, there was nobody really close. And, you know, I think in a way you can look at this as sort of verification of just how great the Penguins were, that they were able to deny these Capitals what might have been a historic run. Yeah, they were. And Washington was only able to derail the Penguins the one time. We'll see where it goes. I mean, right. I don't think either of these two teams is going to slow down uh, at least next year well, Adam, here's an beyond. Thing to think about, though. I mean, here's an interesting thing to think about. I covered the Penguins when they went back-to-back against Detroit in 08 and 09, right? Won one of those, lost one. I think it took the Red Wings. I think that took everything out of the Red Wings. And I think it took a lot out of the Penguins. They had to retool a few times after that. I do wonder if we're going to wake up at some point next year and wonder what happened to the Capitals and what happened to the Penguins. And if we'll also look back and say, you know what, that those were basically Ollie Frazier. Um, they, they were three years where these heavyweights went at each other. At some point, there's going to be a cumulative effect. 
And, and I do wonder if we'll see it sooner rather than later. Well, I think that's fair, Rob. I think both teams are positioned to be contenders over the next couple of years. Right. But I don't know if I'd be all that surprised, like you're saying, if neither of them won another one. If Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin's legacy is that they won the Stanley Cup three times, then that's still a pretty damn good legacy. I don't like that Penguins fans do seem to assume that they're going to win another one. I thought they were going to win a bunch of them after 2009. Eventually, they did fulfill that prophecy, I suppose. But uh, it took a while, and who's to say it does happen again? I'm not sure it will. I mean, look, I think, if anything, this, this, this win by the Capitals should remind everybody of how hard it is to win. Oh. Um, think about how great Alex Ovechkin has been. I mean, we're talking about one of the ten greatest players of all time. And, you know, he's justly now being, being celebrated, right? But basically he was, he was tarnished because he couldn't get past the Penguins. Now think about it. That's the Penguins who have been to the Cup Final four times in the Crosby-Malkin era. That's the Penguins, the Penguins that have won the Cup three times in the Crosby-Malkin era. Ovechkin's had four undeniably great teams with the Washington Capitals, and three of them lost in the second round against the Penguins in series that went twice to Game 7 and to overtime of Game 6, right? So think about that, and think about it the other way, Adam. The greatness of having Crosby and Malkin. Can you imagine if the Penguins had won the Ovechkin lottery and not ended up with either Malkin or Crosby, you know what they'd be? The Capitals. And Penguin fans would be vivaciously celebrating the way Capitals fans are now. Because at the end of the day, the Penguins had two of the three greatest players of this generation. The Capitals had one, and we were all lucky that they played in the same conference and recently in the same division and gave us what was the equivalent of Steelers-Raiders. Uh, there's a and, lot and, to yeah. chew on there, Rossi. So w- one thing before I, I have a question about Evgeny Malkin, but I think the NHL is getting it right with the matchups they create in the playoffs based yeah. on this format. Now that we get now we get to see them every single year. After 2009, I think it was six years, uh, seven years, that we didn't get to see those teams play each other in the playoffs, which is just amazing and this rivalry that had been built up for so long was really not living up to expectations, and I now think nobody would argue that it's not. Uh, I do want to get this, because we had to bash Tom for the first five minutes of the segment, I do want to get to this. Uh, Have you talked to Malkin about his thoughts on Ovechkin, whether after the Cup or before the Cup? How does he think of him as a guy? Um, Look, they're not friends. Uh, They're they're not good buddies. Uh, They've they they have a situation where they've had to come together for their country and you know they 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 much like Evgeny and Sydney have sort of had to sort of form an alliance because they know that it makes each of their lives easier and with Alex and Evgeny that's the alliance is sort of the best thing for Russia hockey right the difference is Evgeny and Sydney have become very good friends Evgeny and Alex are never going to be Alex is dismissive of Evgeny. I will tell you this. I can share this now. I think I told you the last time I was on with you, there was something I thought, something I know Malkin said to Ovechkin that I couldn't say until I got permission. So I can tell you now, uh, when they were in the handshock line, he, he did tell him, go get his because I'll be back. Oh, that's ballsy so, right there. I love so, that. You know, and, and, I, and I, look, I will say this. I, the Penguins that I have talked to, um, they have a great respect for 
the Washington Capitals. I don't think they love every player on that team. They don't respect the way that those players have individually done business. They think there's a lot of guys that play dirty hockey. But the, the Penguins I've talked to have always thought, or at least recently, the last couple of years, thought the Capitals were an opponent they needed. And I can tell you from talking to Marc-Andre Fleury after this cup final, um, you know, he respects the Capitals, but he hates them. And I think that's the way the Penguins, a lot of their older guys are. They have a healthy respect for them, but they hate them. And I think that's good. I think that's what sport's all about. I've never subscribed to the idea that you can't hate your rival. You should. You should also respect them. Um, I think the Penguins, in their own way, and I wrote this, Adam, I think they're in their own way. They, they kind of looked at the Capitals as if anybody's going to take us down, it should be, they should have been the one to get the shot. Because they have been the one that the Penguins have taken down so many other times. And, and look, Adam, this is the reality. And maybe this is something the media in town should always think about. It's sometimes you're defined more by how you get taken out than you are by what you do when you're on top. Because in a lot of ways, we remember a champion after they've been dethroned. And I think that's why we'll look back on these Penguins as one of the great teams in Pittsburgh history. And I think the Washington Capitals would be less of a champion today if they did not have to get past the Penguins. They did. And, you, you know, you got to enjoy watching what's going on down there. I mean, people can hate their fans all they want, but, I mean, Pittsburgh's had that celebration five times, Adam. Uh, to me, anything that happens in Washington right now is – Pittsburghers should remember what it was like in 91 and 2009 when this was new to so many people. They're having a blast, as they should be. Uh, Rossi, last thing for you, if you'd like to partake, we've been, and we're going to be, going off for 30 seconds about things that just piss us off. And if you'd like, we can start the clock for you and then say goodbye after you're done with 30 seconds about something that pisses you off. Okay. Ready? Yep. Bang! If you're going to spit at me... Spit at me. Don't do what a gentleman did today when he was sitting on the trolley as I was on my way in and spit in the direction of me and then look at me when I stare back at you. I've been spit on before. I'm not saying I want to be spit on again, but at least show me the decency of spitting on me, not at me, and then looking at me quizzically while I look at you and be like, dude, it's 8 in the morning. Could you at least muster up the strength in your decaying body to work with the life? When a person at the grocery store doesn't let you pass them and you've only got one item, it's the closest I ever get to murder. I was at Dollar General two days ago. It was Saturday. Everything's great. It's not raining. I'm going to get hammered starting at 2. And this person made me take extra time at the store because I had one item. They had 794, and they wouldn't just say, hey, Crowley, go ahead. You've got toothpaste. I've got 855 other things. Screw that person. Their time home must be so much more valuable than mine. You know what pisses me off? Little kids who are better than me at Fortnite. 
You kids should be outside playing baseball and building real forts. Go ride a bike, play some soccer or basketball. Why the hell aren't you skateboarding? Wasting your time online for hours on end. This is why America's fat. Kids planting their fat asses in front of the TV, running around a fake world downing pallets full of Doritos and Mountain Dew. If these chubby little gremlins who spend so much damn time online, they're not giving me a damn chance to win. What really is pissing me off lately is Ocean's 8. And don't get me wrong, I'm not opposed to all women cast in movies. There's been great movies with that. Mean Girls, Pitch Perfect, many others, A League of Their Own. But do we have to remake all men ensemble casts with women ensemble casts? Why is this a thing all of a sudden? Can't we just let great movies be great? Create an original movie with an all-woman cast, like Bridesmaids was. Or something that we can all agree is creative. It isn't just a rip-off. Coming up next, Tim Williams taking shots at the Mets. And pirate fan followers are, well, they're taking and following his lead. Get to that. And we're going to keep being pissed off. It's a Crowley Show. Tom sucks. We'll get to that coming up in a few minutes here on the show. We also have to get you our Group F countries for the World Cup as we are approaching World Cup start date of Thursday. Need a team to root for by then. So we'll get you Germany some facts at the end of the segment after we excoriate Tom. Tim Williams on Twitter is a Pirates apologist. I like the guy. He does a really good site, but he is a Pirates apologist. And he tweeted out, quote, everyone praising the Mets spending money this offseason. We have seen them get a one negative 1.6 war out of those signings. Jay Bruce, negative 0.4 war. Vargas, negative 0.6. Reyes, negative 1. Swarzak, 0.1. Fraser, 0.8. Gonzalez, negative 0.5. You know what he's doing here, right? He's trying to make the Pirates look good. Well, teams that spend money can lose, too. I did some research, because that's what I do. I'm nothing if I'm not prepared. The average payroll of the last 17 World Series winners is 9.6. So that's roughly 10th. Only one team with a payroll above 15th won, and that was the 2003 Marlins. It's the complete outlier. This isn't an outlier. This is the way that it goes. The Pirates cannot expect to legitimately be a contender for the World Series if they don't spend in the top half of payroll in Major League Baseball. So just because the Mets are losing, just because it didn't work out for the Mets, doesn't mean the Pirates are doing it right. That is creating the straw man and blowing that bitch down. If you can spend, you've got a better shot of getting into the playoffs. If you get into the playoffs enough, then you can win the World Series. So Tim Williams and others are chastising the Mets for actually trying to put themselves in contention. That's about right. Spending to spend ain't right. I know this. I remember being a kid and my dad would hand me a few bucks and tell me to go buy something at the toy store. But if I didn't find something that I wanted, I'd still wind up grabbing some piece of crap and he'd say, Adam, you don't have to spend this money right now. Are you sure you're not just spending it to spend it? That being said, if you don't spend, statistics tell you that you don't have much of a freaking chance. So it hasn't worked out for the Mets this year. But guess what? They actually tried. I won't get angry with a team that spends money because they think it will help them win. I will, however, get mad at a team when they choose not to spend the money. 
And I'll get upset with the media members who go out of their way to criticize a team for spending when the team that they cover saved $600,000 last year on Juan Acasio, and they didn't rip him a bit for that. Tom, I feel like your 30-second rant at the end of the last segment was fairly sexist. Do you really think it came down that line? I really think that, in order, I don't. today, you have screwed up the beginning of the first segment, you screwed up the beginning of Rossi, and you done effed up by being a sexist pig. I, didn't, I don't think I, <laughs> I wasn't trying to be. I. Well, it's just ignorance, Tom, is what it is. You hate that women are no. cast in Ocean's no, 8. No, that's it. not what I meant. Oh, I feel like you two are going to go at it here. Like it's The tension's building. I mean, I'm not the one who screwed up. I never do anything wrong. I know, and that's why I feel even worse when I screw up. It's because I know what a tight ship you run. Is that sarcasm there, Tom? No, no, not at all. You trying no, to come no, at me? No, no, no. You trying to come no. at me, boy? No, that was serious. The only thing that's between you and me is six inches of glass. No, I wasn't sarcastic. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'd like to keep a loose a- atmosphere here on the show. But, I mean, at the same time, we kind of meet and plan to have things yeah, I go know. right. Exactly. I That's mean, why I feel so Crowley, awful. Crowley on one level, he has a right to ask what happened, which is the <laughs> which set this all off. Because Crowley asked Tom what happened. And, <laughs> and then he got frazzled, so he screwed Rossi up. And then he was so frazzled about Rossi and the prior screw-up that he was sexist. It's like Again, Ambien. I don't think I was sexist. No, but... it's like Ambien. Rosie O'Donnell takes Ambien, all of a sudden she's a racist. I frazzle you a little bit, and all of a sudden you're sexist. I think you're thinking of Roseanne Barr. What did I say? Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah, whatever. Same Maybe thing. I'm sexist. Same thing, yeah. It is pretty much the same <laughs> thing. Yeah, you know how well, all those women know, look alike. Yeah, exactly. If I could add one thing to uh, Tom's credit, he did not have to admit that he screwed up the Rossi call. He did... I mean, clearly, after he was already under the gun... <laughs> he had and to, And it though. had gotten tense. He did have to. Like, I, mean, I didn't... I want... To be clear, what Brian said, I didn't have to. He did. But I, I did. He could have lied and gotten away with Definitely. it. We can't see exactly what's going on on the board. But lying to you would be even more disrespectful than truing up. And to be fair, up. neither of us even thought he screwed that up, because that's like easy stuff. No, I was just playing with that. I was just going to try to bit that out. It is the easiest thing he has to do in his job. It's dialing a phone and clicking a button. Yeah. I mean, God... Should we hire a woman? Let's hire a woman to do Tom's job and really blow the salt in his eye. No, that would upset Tom, apparently. No, no, it wouldn't. You as, long as, as long as it was original. You can't have women do jobs, apparently. Tom, what I need to you to do, not true, is play the Germany national anthem here. Can you make that happen? Is this correct? Are you sure this isn't like Romania or something? Oh, this is Germany. Okay, very good. Germany is one of the world's largest car producers, selling 5.9 million cars in 2011. Berlin is nine times bigger than Paris and has more bridges than Venice. The first printed book was in German. 65% of the Autobahn, the highway, has no speed limit. College is free for everyone, even non-Germans. Hey, Adam, did you know that the Germans, they invaded Poland and started World War II? Mm Mm-hmm. College is free for everyone. In Germany, there's no punishment for a prisoner who tries to escape from jail. Hey, did you know that Adolf Hitler, that crazy bastard, was in charge of Germany? It's true. He started a whole bunch of crap. Killed a bunch of people, including a bunch of American citizens. Not a good guy. Nope. Hitler not a good guy? No. No. Bad guy. That's a big big breaking news here on the Crowley Show. That's all I got on Germany. Did you know that the uh, Germans killed over 6 million people for their faith? A lot of people. Not to mention close to 7 million Russian civilians. Just for their faith. 
Yeah, I hope that uh, we don't see Germany move on now. Did you know that the Germans went back on their pact with Russia and started killing a bunch of them? You know, because they're good people in Germany. Great people. Speaking of Russians, coming up next. Did you know that the Germans were just following orders? We'll hear from Adam Sharian. Who's got a terrible Crosby Ovechkin take? It's ESPN Pittsburgh.